Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. Today, we've got a little deck uh, that is one of my favorites of yours. Uh, it's the same it's, size as well, all my other decks. Oh, good. Uh, otherwise, you'd be cheating. <laughs> uh, unlike 60 card, we have a deck size. Anyway, uh, it's episode three of this season, so that means... Decktail. <laughs> Man, I am such on a roll today. Uh, today we're going to talk about Bruce's deck for Conspiracy 1. Yeah. Uh, Marchesa, the Black Rose, for Red, Black, Blue, 1. So, 4 mana. 3-3, uh, three, three, Legendary Creature, Human Wizard. Interesting. Did not know she was a wizard. Yes, she is. Uh, she's got Dethrone, and other. Uh, she says other creatures you control have Dethrone. Uh, Dethrone means whenever this creature attacks, uh, the player with the highest life total, or the most life, or tied for most life, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, and then the third line of text on this crowded card. Yes. Uh, when, <laughs> whenever a creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it dies... Return that card to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, so it synergizes fairly well with itself, uh, giving things plus one, plus one counters, and then caring about when things with plus one, plus one counters die. Right. Uh, okay, so the fact that it has dethrone is cute, because then you, you can get plus one, plus one counters on it. But mm-hmm. practically speaking... Dethrone and the abil- and that all of your other creatures have dethrone really plays a somewhat small role in the way this deck works. Um, it used to play a much bigger role as you know the key the key way to get counters onto creatures. What I've found is that there are just too many times when the person that you have to attack to get the counters can end up killing all of your creatures. So you <laughs> attack with your creatures to get a counter on them, and then they just immediately die. And a lot of times, that's not what you're looking for. And I appreciate they have the counter, so they're going to come back. But oftentimes, you don't want that to happen that quickly. You want them to have the counter on it, and then be able to save them to a certain point in the game when, when they would then uh, come around. And a lot of times, you just want them with a counter on it um, as a way to discourage others from... Uh, casting mass removal because your oh, stuff, your stuff's coming back and most everybody else's stuff is not. So Dethrone had a bigger role. It's it's definitely gone down a bit. Um, however, there are definitely cards in here that, that still look at Dethrone and uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of creatures that, that manage, that sort of manage that aspect at least a little bit. Um, more importantly yeah. for this deck, though, is that last ability, which lets right. you loop your creatures back in, so... Some, sometimes you, you, you do get lucky and there's an opening. So not only do you get to swing in for a little bit of extra damage, um, but, you know, but you get the plus one, plus one counter on it when you want it. So, um, you know, it's not useless, but it's definitely not, uh, not, with, the, not with the entire deck as feature around. So well, Let's start with, with your uh, section about plus one, plus one counters. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think it's it's the the most rel- readily available uh, for understanding the deck, um, even if, as we'll see, a lot of these uh, a, the the whole deck 
essentially. <laughs> I'd say like, I don't know, 80% of the non-land cards are trying to get plus ones on things. So Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I've got a section dedicated, which is just plus plus encounters. Essentially, these are the cards that are have a direct interaction with this with this aspect of it. In here, uh, specifically, unspeakable symbol, dragon blood, are the two that sort of focus and and push the getting plus one plus one counters on other creatures. So, uh, mm. dragon blood is a three mana artifact, and for three, and tap it, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature. And no one is going to tell you that that's the best deal because that's an expensive way to get a plus one plus one counter <laughs> on a creature, and it taps, so you can only do it to one creature per turn. Um, However, it does fit, and quite often, I will want to have Dragon Blood there, if for no other reason than to get a counter onto Marchesa, um, because mm, especially when, right before a board wipe, yeah, right. So if you can threaten it, you can save her, and as long as it just means you're not going to have to pay that that commander tax over and over again, which is just going to get more and more expensive. Whereas uh, Dragon Blood. I mean, sure, it costs three to get the counter, but you do get the loop, and she's right back in again without having to pay, you know, six to get her out a second time. So I like that one. Um, <clears throat> the unspeakable symbol is, it's an enchantment. It's one black, black. Uh, the card's out of Scourge. Uh, it says pay three life is the cost, and then put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So you can pay the three life for as many creatures as you have, or you can put it on on your opponent's creatures if you really want to. But um, it does allow you to hit a lot of creatures in one go. Um, and also, in a sort of a subtle nod to the dethrone, if you happen to be the one with the highest life total, uh, you can use this as a way to put yourself down to the second highest life total and then you can use the dethrone mechanic <laughs> with Marchesa to swing at whoever is the new new person at the top of the life total heap. So, um, yeah. So yeah, it, the the three life is far less of a downside uh, with this deck yeah. than it than it seems to be otherwise. So I, I will also note that Necropolis Regent does an excellent job putting plus one plus one counters on other creatures, but it's very expensive mana wise and requires you to get through. Um, I love that card to death, but it is, uh, like, it, it's a kill on sight type of thing just because people see it and they're like, oh, it's a 6-5 with flying for 6. Right, uh, I mean... For those who don't know, it says whenever a cr any creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put that many plus one plus one counters on it. So, like, you know, uh, it, it makes a lot of counters. And maybe this deck isn't right. necessarily trying to make a lot of counters, but... Uh, it it does do that, <laughs> right? And there are there are definitely some cards in the deck. Uh, I'm looking at you, Triskelion, in particular, uh, that do <laughs> love to get a ton of counters on them. Um, but yeah, a lot of times it's just the one. But I mean, there are plenty of others as well. I mean, Mindless Automaton is another creature that definitely would like as many counters as you can get. Um, yeah, you know, just. Yeah, I think I mean, that that I think that card's excellent for this deck. I mean, I. I feel like I, I feel like it gets so underplayed in general, uh, mindless automaton. Um, right, but and it, yeah, and it's really easy in a deck like this to see it as sort of a non-bow, because mm. you know, you, you when you remove two counters from it, you draw a card. Well, if those are the last two counters on it, then it dies because it's a zero zero. 
Well, then it dies without a counter on it, and it mm. and then it can't come back. So you don't get that. You don't get the uh, the recursion ability from Marchesa. So you end up trying to get it set up with at least one counter still sitting on it, and then you're, you know, you find yourself intentionally attacking into situations the, or using yeah. it as that token blocker and hoping somebody will will just destroy. I it mean, for you. you know, you attack with it. To get the dethrone trigger, you get a third counter on it, and then before block or before damage goes through, you draw a card, right? And it dies and it comes back. It's great. Yeah. Um, it. The, uh, this deck is, from what I remember, I haven't played against this deck in a while. Yeah. From what I remember, this deck is. Uh, it's it's hard to figure out where to focus, uh, because obviously you don't always want to ruin somebody's day by just continually going after their commander but like this commander is the linchpin on this deck uh yeah it's it's fantastic uh yeah i mean without marchesa there are a lot of cards in the deck that they have entered the battlefield triggers they go off and then nothing happens because the whole point is that there's there are a lot of cards in the deck that really do require marchesa as a way to recur them back out uh, I mean, you know, even something as basic as Solemn Simulacrum, um, mm. it doesn't have a way to to, re- to recur itself. Um, there are other cards, though, that can recur themselves. They just, uh, but they're less, uh, they tend to be a little less exciting. So, but yeah, I mean, if you're in a particularly focused focused group or your game is going particularly well, it certainly doesn't take too long for your opponents to start attempting to work over Marchesa and make sure that you're paying a whole lot of mana for Marchesa to be out there. Because you're right, it, it is the linchpin of the day. Let's let's move on over to uh, you've got a you've you've got a whole category here for stealing people's creatures, uh, and it took me until we were recording to figure out why it was such a big thing. Because I'm like, oh, like of course, like stealing people's creatures is a very red and blue thing to do. But I I forgot that uh, this says whenever a creature you control dies, it comes back under your control. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of these are until end of turn. So if you have a sack yes. outlet or a, like a way to kill it uh, while it's under your control and it has a plus one, plus one counter on it, then it's going to just come back to your, your play, right? Right. I mean, in this group, Mark of Mutiny is probably the one that best fits the best fits the theme, just because oh, absolutely. it gives it a plus one plus one counter. So you don't even have to do any extra work. Um, however, it's just so easy, so many times to just uh, <laughs> whether it's unspeakable symbol, dragon blood, uh, something else you've managed to move counters from one creature to the next. Uh, however, however, you've got it set up. Um, and on top of that, sometimes you just take their creature, and mm. you, you just you're just going to take it for the turn. Uh, you want it out of the way. You want you want to swing with it. The other benefit with having this many there there are eight cards in that 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 will steal opponents' creatures. Um, the other benefit is just that uh, sometimes I think this deck gets a little outgunned. The creatures that are in the deck. Uh, they tend to do things that are cute as opposed to backbreaking. <laughs> so sometimes you're re- you're left relying on an opponent. It's like, ah, I see you have brought this ridiculous creature 
to the board, which will uh, which will be the end of us all. May I borrow right. that permanently for the rest of the game? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It, for just a quick overlook of a lot of these creatures, I feel like a lot of them, like you said, are just kind of cute. They do a thing when they enter, or they do a thing if you remove a counter, which is like, you know, great. Uh, or it has persist, so then when it comes back, it comes back with a minus one, minus one counter, and then you attack with it to dethrone it to then uh, take away that minus one. Um, so... Uh, you know, you've got your handful of, of persist, which is, you know, like you said, cute. Mm -hmm. uh, but like a lot of those do not powerful things, but like they do things that are uh, impactful. I think like you take a look at, uh, let's see, uh, Glenelendra Archmage, uh, three and a blue for a 2-2 flyer, uh, blue sack it to counter uh, target non-creature spell, persist. Uh, so you counter a thing, it comes back with a minus one, minus one counter on it. You can counter another thing eventually, or if you attack with it and dethrone it, or give it a plus one in any way, it negates that minus one. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm so in love with this deck because of the little interactions like that, that, I mean... You look at a lot of Marchesa decks. I'm sure they're full, full of things like this, but it is the the little choices um, that that really bring this deck together for me. Well, I look, uh, at, I look at this at Marchesa, and just the way mm -hmm. this deck is set up to run, there are so many options. Like this isn't one of these decks where your commander does this thing, so. You, you know, so there are 10 cards that absolutely should be in the deck. And then you can go through and list off those cards because they're essential to... They work so well with the commander. With this deck, or with this particular commander, it just feels like there's a lot of cards that do these, these little interactions that, honestly, I feel like I could take out half of the creatures in the deck or just replace them with other creatures that have different triggers. So I feel like there's a there's a lot of variety to be had mm. with with Marchesa. Uh, if ever there was a if ever there was a deck list which you know can get you started, but honestly, you can pull a lot of these cards and replace them with your own favorites. Oh, absolutely. So. Especially where I mean, I don't think this deck has been updated in oh, a number of years. Not uh, yeah, not for a long time. I mean, uh, I added. So I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, I added Arcane Signet. Like, that was the most recent edition. And that was when Arcane Signet came out. So it's Yeah, which been, was what, Eldraine? I don't remember. It's been years since this deck has been updated, and updated. So I like, too, that the general gist of this deck, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, you've got your counter in uh, Glenelendra Archmage, or you've got your card draw or your permanent removal. Uh, <clears throat> a, a majority of them are based in creature spells. I mean, like, they're, they're creatures with abilities that let you do these things. Yeah. Um, because they're easy to protect with this commander. Um, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, you just, um, you just need a counter, and there's just so many easy ways to just add a counter to things. So. Yeah. Um, and there's, for that matter, there's so many cards that you can, uh, that with counters will do ridiculous things. 
One that has has uh, has been featured in a few of our games is Deathbringer Thoktar. <laughs> Love uh, that card. And in this deck, uh, he's outrageous. Uh, oh, absolutely. Th- so just for those who don't know, the Thoktar is a... It costs uh, four generic, one black, one red. For a 3-3 creature, it's a zombie beast. Do not worry about the fact that it's, this is a 3-3. Um, whenever another... Looks a lot bigger than a 3-3. Oh, yeah. And, he usually, and, and it usually is. Uh, whenever another <laughs> creature dies, uh, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on Deathbringer Thoktar. So the Deathbringer brings, his, brings its own plus one, plus one counters so that it is... So whenever it's being killed, it almost invariably does come back as long as Marchese is out there. Uh, the second ability is remove a plus one, plus one counter from the Thoktar. Deathbringer Thoktar deals one damage to target creature or player. So quite often what happens with the Thoktar is that you get the machine gun effect. Take that counter off to do a one point of damage to a 1-1 one, one creature. Mm. And then when that creature dies, you get another counter, and then you remove that one to two. And basically you, you, uh, you machine gun through, the, uh, through all of the 1-1s on the board. And, yeah. and your net result is at the end of all that, you have a Thoktar with a plus one, plus one counter on it. So <laughs> um, it's rare, honestly, that I use it to go after any bigger creature. Um, unless he's been, uh, well, unless it's been sitting on the battlefield long enough that it's accumulating plus and plus encounters. Right. Usually when it gets to that point, then I'm looking to start to throw them at somebody's head. So, oh yeah. Uh, because it's like exactly what you'd want, like yeah. a walking ballista to do in this deck, which is to say reload itself. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Oh yeah. He, he's just one. It's just wonderful. Uh, honestly, the the funny part is like Triskelion does a, a similar thing, but not as good because you get the three counters immediately. Mm. And you can use all three at once, so you can just do the three damage. The only problem with the Triskelion is that it's a one-one creature. I would prefer to have something that was a one-one creature because there's still one counter sitting on it, and then find yeah. a way to find a way to cycle that out. But there's uh, a there's there's a very long. Not necessarily infinite combo here, but like, uh, you know, with Triskelion, uh, you take two off to do da- two damage to itself, uh, and then you get, you know, Blood Artist trigger or whatever, comes back at the end uh, of the next end step. Right. Which is great. Um, but <laughs> that that seems like a, a slow burn. Um, yeah, it can be, a, yeah, it, it churns a little bit. The other card that I was thinking about particularly was Thraxamundar. Um, Woo! Another truly old school card for uh, for four blue, black, and a red. You get a 6-6 six, six with haste. And whenever it attacks, defending player sacks a creature. Uh, whenever a player sacrifices a creature, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on Thraxamundar. So generally, it comes out, you immediately attack an opponent, and then that person sacrifices a creature. Thraxamundar gets a plus one, plus one counter becomes a 7-7, and then oftentimes is chump-blocked. Mm. Um, and but at least it has the plus one on it. <laughs> right. And now that it's got the plus one on it, you're not that concerned about the rest of it. So for whatever reason, I just can never seem to draw that card. So uh, It is one of 99. Um, yes. I think, too, along the same kind of lines, the, the one that catches my eye is Grimgrin, 
uh, Corpseborn. Three blue black for five five. It enters the battlefield, or it enters the battlefield tapped and doesn't untap during your untap step. Uh, and you can sacrifice a creature. So this is a, a nice sack outlet for mm-hmm. whatever you need. Uh, and you untap it to put a plus one plus one counter on Grimgrin. Uh, <clears throat> and then whenever it, uh, whenever Grimgrin attacks, destroy target creature defending player controls. Then put a plus one plus one on Grimgrin. So a very similar idea with Thraxamundar. Um, a little bit easier to cast. Right. Uh, but a little slower because obviously it doesn't have haste. And obviously it comes in tapped. Uh, but it does the, the sack outlet, which is nice. Right. Um, and there are a handful of cards that... That will do this. That, that play the role of the sack outlet. Um, so, so cards like Triskelion, so that way you don't have to use up the last uh, counter to, or, or you know, or if they, you've got a solemn simulacrum and you can't find an opponent that's willing to accommodate you, um, <laughs> you know, you can sack the solemn simulacrum. Um, one of the other ones that I kind of wanted to mention was Sage of Fables, talking about a card that is quiet and doesn't really seem to do a whole lot. Sage of Fables is a, it costs two and a blue. It's a merfolk wizard um, and it's a two, two creature. And it says each other wizard, you wizard creature you control comes into play with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it. So as long as Sage of Fables is out, every time you cast Marchesa, it's coming with a plus one right off the bat. And it isn't just the two of them that are wizards and, trying to remember you've got glenelendra archmage you've got baron you've got puppeteer clique and cytoplast manipulator which i want to talk about after this sure so i mean so there's a handful of cards that will do that'll get you the uh or that get a benefit from the sage of fables um and i wouldn't by any stretch suggest that this is a wizard themed deck um however (laughs) You mean six isn't? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think six wizards counts as a wizard theme, but mm. it is enough. Oh, to also make this... Torian Mahler. Oh, okay, that's yes. getting plus one. That's getting plus ones anyway. Right. Um, however, with Torian Mahler, uh, the Sage of Fables' next ability is spend two, remove a counter from a creature you control, not even necessarily a wizard, uh, and then mm. you get to draw a card. So spend two mana, draw a card, and usually the downside is negligible at best. Because, right. I mean, obviously you're not pulling the last plus one, plus one counter off of one of your wizards or any <laughs> other creature uh, without right. without, a re- without being really desperate for it. So, um, Right. Especially, I mean, you know, Mindless Automaton, Torian Mahler, Triskelion. These, these cards that we've already been talking about that either already come with plus ones or it's inevitable for them to end up getting them. Right. Uh, and, like... Cytoplast Manipulator. It's another wizard, and it comes in with two plus one plus one counters. Oh, yeah. So, just like that, already you're getting, you know, you get that kind of benefit. So, it comes in with two. If Sage of Fables is out, it gets three. And then you can easily graft one of those onto even an opponent's creature. um, And then just steal the opponent's creature. Um, Mm. There's, you know, it, it just... This card, uh, the Sage of Fable, seems like it's almost accidentally uh, creating interesting little, uh, little loops and and yeah redundancies in the deck. So, I uh, I really like Cytoplast Manipulator. Now that we're on to it, uh, sure. it's, a, it's two blue blue for a zero zero human uh, wizard mutant graft two 
And for blue and tap, gain control of target creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it as long as Cytoplast Manipulator remains in play. Now, I, uh, until you were just explaining this, I didn't realize that Graft let you put things on your opponent's creatures, yeah. which is great. Um, but well, also, like, I mean, you know, what are the chances that, like, mo- like a lot of decks play with plus one, plus one counters. So, like, even without that, it is very possible that somebody's creature is going to get a plus one, plus one counter on it. Um, and then if you look back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, you take control of somebody's creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it. It has a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then if somebody tries to kill it, it's going to be under your control when it dies. So then you get it back at the end of the end step without the cytoplasm manipulator clause. It's right. amazing. Right. I mean, you know, so like you said... That card belongs in this deck. (laughs) It just does. But again, that's, uh, you know, I mean, I mentioned the Sage of Fables and now the Cytoplast Manipulator. I mean, these are are narrow cards or cards you wouldn't normally see in a deck because, I mean, you know, without without a lot of help, the Cytoplast Manipulator, in theory, can graft one counter onto another creature and then steal it. And then the, mm. the manipulator is only a one-one, so it's a tenuous grasp on an opponent's creature at best. In this deck, that's just not necessarily true. Um, yeah, there, are, you know, you can get plenty of plus and plus one counters on onto the manipulator, and you know, and like, and once you get control of their creature, you can usually find a way to get a counter on it and get it dead. So. We gotta quickly bring it to break, Um, but when we get back we'll talk about, you know, changes to this deck, especially with updates, Uh, and when we get back, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that, I gotta... This episode of Temple of a False Pod is brought to you by... Brago, King Eternal. I am king, but I am dead. I will be king forever. Nothing's gonna stop me. Nobody's gonna stop me. Nobody know how. I'm gonna be king forever. Oh, hey, Kaya. And now back to you. Hey, we're back. Hey, hey. That we we got a sponsor, but not for long. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're talking about Bruce's Marchesa, the Black Rose deck uh, from. The first... Why can I never remember the name? It's Conspiracy set. Yeah. There we go. Um, now, I know you also have a uh, Queen Marchesa deck, which uh, a much more popular commander, uh, probably because it has the monarch... Like, it gives you the monarch. Right. Uh, does monarch stuff, and you get assassins and stuff. Also, different color identity. Very yeah. interesting. Um, this deck, uh, I have not seen many people play this deck before but when i've seen you play this deck it can be very uh controlling uh obviously literally with the controlling opponent's creatures thing but uh it's it's not necessarily overpowered or oppressive uh but it is very like okay like bruce's deck is doing the thing we gotta stop him (laughs) Uh, which is 
amazing. Um, that said, just even scrolling through this deck list, there are cards in here that I'm like, hmm, interesting choice. Granted, I've got, you know, the perspective of the past uh, four years or so. Yeah. Where um, this probably was a deck. You probably made this deck before I even started playing Magic uh, in Ixalan era. Quite probably. <laughs> um, so, like, I'm just like, oh, like, this would be good and this would be good. Um, for instance, if you're willing to play with treasures, uh, Impulsive Pilfer would probably be pretty cool in here. Uh, it's a, a red mana for a 1 1, and when it dies, you get a treasure. Uh, obviously, if that gets a plus 1, plus 1 before it dies, you get it right back. It's also got Encore, which somewhat relevant but not super relevant in this uh but obviously it's just ramping at that point um question uh i do have is uh other than flavorful actually i don't even know how flavorful it is obnixilis of the black oath um what what was the the thought process here other than just having it and it being black. Um, I felt like he was... A couple of the weak points in the deck mm-hmm. was just the lack of a flying creature. Um, and I felt like Obnixilis filled that and uh, was just generally good otherwise. So, um, yeah, well, there are so for of, those... yeah, there's a number of cards that cause you to lose life, so it's nice to have a couple of cards that are you know, in in the overall or netting you life. So uh, that's, and Obnixilis tends to fit the bill for that with me. So Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, so for those who don't know, Obnixilis, three black black for a three loyalty commander. Uh, you plus two to drain your opponents, minus two to make a five five flying and lose two life. And then uh, his ult is minus eight. You get an emblem with... One in a black, sacrifice a creature. You gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the sacrificed uh, creature's power. Which, I mean, isn't... Which also, like, is just great, because, like, uh, it's... Comes in with three, plus two, it's five, plus two. You gotta plus it up to nine to get that alt, uh, Which, you know, takes a while, uh, and... The payoff isn't amazing. Yeah. So I think like it's, I think it's enough of like a, like far enough out there that I don't think people will see it as like, oh, this is game ending, Uh, which Um, is great, honestly. There are some people who do, but a lot of times. Yeah, just because it's a planeswalker. Right. But a lot of times, um, you know, I'll pay the five. And then immediately use the minus two to go down to one loyalty. Just mm. to get the demon out, I'll lose the two life. And then everybody's sort of like, oh, okay. And, <laughs> you know, some people might try and take the opportunity to take them out at that point. But for the most part, it just becomes real obvious. I mean, that ultimate's not happening. I- I've, never mm. try- I've never tried to get it. Um, this deck doesn't offer any sort of shortcuts to get there. So you really do have to do it plus two at a time. And that's just not going to happen. Yeah, so it's going to be turn 10 by the time you finally get there. And then by that point, you really shouldn't 
be too worried about the card draw, but maybe the life gain. Um, right. I mean, for the most part, I'm looking at you know giving it plus two when it comes in, and then using the minus two on the next turn and just flipping back and forth. I'm just looking for a repeatability, um, mm. and that tends to work out fairly well yeah. for Obnixilis. Um, that and I suspect that it was a card that was available at the time, and I thought it was cool. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So you've got a handful of things that allow you to sacrifice creatures. Um, yeah. Most of them you have to pay for. So like Infernal Tribute is black, black, black for an enchantment where you can pay two and sacrifice a creature to draw a card. Or sacrifice a card. Yeah. doesn't have to be a creature. Just sacrifice a permanent. Uh, uh, a non-token permanent. Yeah, non-token permanent. So, so not treasure. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah. Treasure essentially Tur- wasn't a thing when I built the deck. Yeah. So Turning all your non-token uh, permanents into clues. Right. I mean, the Infernal Tribute is there to take the creature I've stolen from someone and sacrifice mm. it. Um, Especially if it has a plus one on it. Exactly. So, uh, and then the net is, ooh, I get it permanently and I draw, and I get to draw a card? Yeah, that, that's, that's a real downside. You know, I mean, that's, that's yeah. just all upside up. Yeah, inf- I guess that's kind of my question, though, is beyond, you know, I think you've got four things that have sacrifice another creature right uh like i feel like this deck might need more am i wrong have you have you run into issues with that um not really um i mean if i don't if i don't have it find your opponent who is sitting on the throne and attack with your creature that creature is going to get the plus one plus one counter and then they're most likely going to get destroyed. Unless, of course, that, that player wants to just let it through and just take damage. So it becomes a real, you know, becomes kind of difficult for these for the opponent. They, they just generally have to block at some point, um, and which is what I want. I mean, it becomes pretty, I think it becomes fairly obvious when I'm swinging in and I just like, you know, I just want him dead. <laughs> so, you know, you take... You, you make your choice. You can, you know, destroy him like I want or take more damage than you want to take. You know? Yeah. And I'm okay with either of those options. So if you're not going to kill the creature, all right, then fine. It, it, it'll be coming for you again next turn. Or whoever uh, happens to be, you know, on top of the, on top of the heap for the, with life total. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's very interesting to even have a deck that is based around plus ones that isn't green um and obviously that is just based on the commander um right i don't know if you'd want to add green i feel like it would just muddy the waters uh obviously there are a lot of good cards that do plus one counters in green uh it's like the color for it but um (laughs) do you ever find that like it's hard to get those plus ones no. In these colors. No. no. Uh, between uh, between the uh, the artifacts that can provide the plus one, plus one counters and uh, just the number of creatures that get the plus one, plus one counter for themselves or can pass it to another opponent, I, it just, it's, uh, it's rarely an issue. And like I said, when it does become a problem, 
well, then you start looking at the fact that all your creatures now have dethroned. So um, I can usually I can usually manage to get creatures dead if I want them to. So if I want them to be dead. So yeah, yeah. What uh, what have you found to be maybe the place that you're you're thinking of going with this deck in terms of like either taking cards out or putting cards in or just changing it entirely or or are you like fairly satisfied with it um i'm satisfied with it but i would like to make make a number of changes um the all of the ramp is Mm -hmm. it's all ramp that doesn't really fit theme i mean (laughs) it it does the job i mean nobody's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be taking out soul ring anytime soon but yeah uh you know Black Market works fairly well in this deck. Right, but I mean, Gem of Becoming, Thran Dynamo, Obelisk of Grixis, uh, you know, they're, they're fine, but they don't fit theme at all. There, are, there, there should be, I should be able to find other creatures, and especially now, uh, like you said, I mean, Red is, Red's got a ton of treasure. Mm. Uh, Red's so got I, treasure, Red's got a lot of... Uh... Especially now, a lot of uh, what's it called, where you get mana out of playing a spell, uh, rituals. Rituals, right? Uh, so between you know between cards that will get me treasure, and mm-hmm. when you're talking about a three color deck, uh, I would be actively using a lot of that treasure just because it's three colors. So you really do want that kind of flexibility. So, um, like you said, with the pilfer. Um, and there's a handful of others that that would also work well. Um, the deck already has a number of artifacts, so I could push push a little bit more of an artifact theme to it. Um, oh, for sure. I think uh, I think Kalein, Reclusive Painter, would work right. astonishingly well in this deck. Yeah. Um, because for every treasure you spend to, to cast a creature, it gets a plus one, plus one for each mana. Right. Um, so really it only needs one um, so that it gets into the cycle of dying and coming back and dying and coming back. Right. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely a deck where I think uh, it, it, like, I'm looking at it and I'm having a hard time trying to be like, hmm, like, trying to think critically of what it needs more of. And I think you, you we've touched on certain things throughout the episode where you know like you just said ramp or uh creatures like it could have like a a bigger high end yeah uh, you know you've got plenty of things that do cute stuff uh and some of them are super valuable i think a lot of the the a lot of the utility creatures okay uh especially i i think do like really good things yeah uh, you know even if you just keep recurring solemn over and over again getting that plus one on it and getting it back out there like you're you're generating advantage that uh is just by having things die and i love that about black uh and to have it in red and blue as well is amazing so it's like it's hard to look at a lot of these cards and be like "Mm, maybe not but um i think it fits into very clearly one of maybe three categories we've got the creatures that do things when they enter or when they leave you've got things that try to get things that got stuck in the graveyard back out of the graveyard and then you've got things that 
want to take your opponent's things to then get them stuck in your loop. <laughs> right. So that you can play with all the cards. Right. Um, I can really see this deck having a large board state uh, and never really giving it up or making it very difficult to uh, to give it up because I mean even you know board wipes if, if it's a if it's a board wipe that you weren't ready for you have Glenelendra Archmage like you can just yeah. counter it uh, right it, it it's very protected and it's very nice I think uh, something else that I was looking at as far as mm-hmm. uh, that, that needs to be adjusted. Um, when I built the deck, uh, I was running into a ton of artifacts. And usually I do not bother with any sort of artifact destruction package. I try and generally include that with a removal. Um, but with this particular deck, I've got six pieces of artifact removal, which is probably a little heavy considering uh, none of them are, are well with the exception of Vandal Blast none of them are going to wipe out an opponent's stash of treasure these are mm. there these are there to go after the artifacts that are actually causing an issue um, but I think that it wouldn't be that hard to, to, to trim that down a little bit or to at least make it a little more make it so it fits the theme a little more I mean Sting Moggy is cute uh, and it does work on theme, but uh, like some of the other ones, maybe not so much. I mean, Keldon Vandals is great, but um, the whole idea is, I mean, the reason it's there is because I want to get a counter on it when it comes in so I don't pay the echo. So it then leaves and comes right back in and I do it again. But it requires you to be able to play a plus one, plus one counter on that specific round. Like you have to be able yeah. to do it or else you just have to pay the echo or let it die. And, you know, so there's a couple of things that I feel like maybe I have to jump through too many hoops to make them work, so. I would say with Stingmagi, though, the fact that it targets a land is incalculably, yeah. like, valuable. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, you're not going for mass land destruction. Like, you know, you have to pay four mm-hmm. for it. Uh, but to get rid of that pesky guy's cradle or, you know, even to to get somebody to use their... their uh, their strip mine preemptively would be great. Right. Um, but, uh, like, that that's why Stingmagi is so great. <laughs> you know, you turn it to a 1-1 one, one and you get rid of a terrible land. I guess the final question I have a... Uh, the final card I have a question for is Hell's Caretaker. Yeah. Uh, three and a black for a 1-1. One, one. It says tap, sacrifice a creature... Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate this ability only during your upkeep. Yeah. Uh, obvious, obviously, it's it's obvious why it's in this deck. Um, because you can essentially get two creatures out of the graveyard with it. Uh, the one you're sacrificing for it and uh, the creature you're targeting. Yeah. Uh, because the first one most likely will be coming back at the beginning of your next end step. Um, has has that last sentence ever really bitten you in the butt? Uh, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Hell's, mm. Hell's Caretaker is in there as an emergency backup. Um, yes, it 
you can tap to sack a creature. So there are times when it's like, oh, the Hell's Caretaker is out and I've just stolen your creature, so I'm going to activate it. Um, but more often than not, it's less about being there to sack a creature so it can loop and a lot more about that other creature that's already in the graveyard. I really need it back. Well, yeah. I mean, and if you've, if you've stolen somebody's... There. If you've stolen somebody's creature, you can't activate it because it's almost definitely past your upkeep. Right. So, so it's yeah. yeah, it it's one of those things that you see out of the corner of your eye and you're like, I'll remember that's there. And then yeah. you go to activate and you're like, I can't do this. Whoops. But, but right. So it's it's the emergency backup card. And right. uh, unfortunately, it's also only a 1-1. One, one. So, mm. uh, you know, if you're using this and it's, you know, and it's not for anything particularly exciting. Well, you know, okay, I'm going to sack my Solemn uh, and then uh, return target creature card from my graveyard to the battlefield. Um, the nice part, though, is that the, uh, the sack a creature part is part of the cost. So Oh, you, so you can target the thing so you're sacking. Sack the Solemn and then you can return target Solemn uh, from your graveyard to the battlefield. Never now, thought of that. You can only do it on your upkeep, which of course means that you can't attack with the creature. There's all kinds of other and Hell's Caretaker is now tapped for a very for as long as it as as it is possible for a creature <laughs> to be tapped. Um, yeah, you're not using this as a blocker generally. Well, no, no, and you're you know, like I said, it's it's for uh, it, it's the emergency backup plan. Um, Honestly, I think the more we talk about it too, I think it, the the more I am sold on it because, uh, like you said, we can, you can target the thing you sack to it, uh, yeah. or you're getting two for one because Marchesa is probably out, or you're getting Marchesa from the graveyard, uh, circumventing the uh, commander tax and kind of getting things back online. Um, yeah, and I mean honestly. The, the whole thing with oh like sure it's the upkeep so your thing doesn't have haste now like the thing you're getting back is probably for the value rather than for attacking uh because i mean this deck doesn't have a lot of attackers uh <laughs> no no and like is it, that to me that's one of the difficulties with the deck <laughs> it's resilient it stays in there if, as soon as people start swinging at you or doing stuff with creatures, you can usually manage to, to handle whatever they're throwing at you. As soon as we get off of that form, so if somebody's used coming at you from, with, from a different angle, with direct damage, with mill, with whatever, there's just not a lot you can do at that point because you don't tend to have a lot of ways to just hammer home. I mean, really, yeah. when Thrax and Mundar and possibly a large Deathbringer Thokdar are two of your best options you need more options you oh just, absolutely you just do so and this deck needs more options um that's why you have eight cards that steal creatures <laughs> well yes um and uh you know and we, that's your uh, i do your, my best your, to maximize that yeah that's your jason alt uh percentage of scaling or whatever exactly thank you jason 75 <laughs> percent all the way um yeah so i mean I think uh, I think we both know what you need to do with this deck, uh, which is continue to play it because I yeah. miss this deck. I haven't played it in a while. Yeah, uh, played against it in a while, uh, and I hope next time I play against it, it has uh, some cool new things. Uh, 
and if not, that's fine too. I mean, I, <laughs> who am I to judge? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, it's a great deck. Yeah. I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet, but you know, we get this is what our eighth eighth deck of yours we've talked about. So maybe next season we'll talk about the other Marchesa one. Who knows? We'll find out then. We'll see. We haven't decided yet. Leave us alone. We got 12 weeks before that happens. Um, but I got lots this, of decks this, and other decks to build. So Yeah. You have any final thoughts for us this evening? Um, not a whole lot other than to say, yes, I know there's only 39 lands in the deck. Um, <laughs> I will... I, and on that note, uh, one of them is also Maze of If. Um, mm, it's a thirty-eight lands. When you look at the when you look at the lands themselves, uh, there are very few basics. Um, this really steps away from uh, my more recent thinking about lands and uh, you know packing packing a lot more basics into the pile. However, there isn't a whole lot of uh, search that looks for basics, so that's why I tended to go this way. And I will say. I don't remember the last time that I had a problem with one particular color. So we're in pretty good shape there. And like I said, uh, that ramp package is going to change. Um, and if we're adding more treasures, I can see that the, the, you know, any sort of color issues I might be having should be long gone. As always, we'll have the, the deck list in the description. Um, but... That's all you got. That's all I got. That's what I so got. Let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight. We're a Temple of False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. This has been our deck tale. Um, I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, thank you again for listening. Share with your friends, please. Uh, <laughs> we've got uh seven more episodes of this fantastic season. Uh. And we'll be back next week with a cool topic. That is for sure. So, thank you for listening. Have a great night. And may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at FalsePodMTG. Bruce is at ManaBurned, and I'm at AndyWeekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!